If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. Boys, welcome back. Welcome back to another podcast here brought to you by Win Las Vegas, Casey Vallier, Bill Brooks, I'm Matt Taylor. We are the Thursday crew on the official Colts podcast, and I love the setup. I love YouTube. I love being on video. I like our little furniture here, although I'm always curious. Like when I go back and watch the podcast later, I always wonder, like, if you want to lay down on the on the on the couch here, <laughs> please do, Bill. Please. Does that mean I just have to leave? Like, I got to go somewhere else? No, I could. I mean, I could just feet, join on Zoom no, or something. I, could keep I my suppose. Feet up on your lap and put my feet on your lap and yeah. just lay back here. I so that's that. what we'll do if we have a, a Thursday where. Bill, some sort of Bill's scheduling tired. conflict. I'm, I'm you know, tired, yeah. just, Bill just needs to lay Bill down. Just kicks his feet up. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll reposition things. He's over here like the, the dad from the Wonder Years. <laughs> right. He's got his own chair. Own chair his own yes. little barker well, lounger. I've heard about the Tuesday crew and their whole couch fiasco. Uh, so, you know, Gorman does not like, let's try not and like stay, the couch. Yeah. yeah, let's just try to stay positive here on this Yeah, Thursday. Gorman doesn't like a couch. He thinks <laughs> no. like everybody leaves their... I don't even know. Like their their body, it doesn't make sense to me. It's functions a couch. Like, on the understand. couch. He yeah. just says it's uncomfortable to him. He says he can't get, he can't get comfortable. On he the says couch. if I go to your house and the only place for me to sit in your living room is the couch, I'm standing. Yeah, <laughs> or he goes to the garage and gets, gets a, a lounge you know, chair, like a lounge like a like a camping yeah. chair. Yeah. Like, like, dude, you're you're the weirdest person I know. That's <laughs> yeah, saying a lot. But yeah, he's over here like he's on you know on the Jimmy Fallon show like yeah. a guest. And then we're over here, like we're waiting for, we're like at the airport, yes. waiting for a plane. We got the standard seat between <laughs> awkwardness. You know, so yeah. it's like, I sit so too close. Why are you going to Florida, Florida, huh? Yeah. On business or uh, for family? Yeah, I'm visiting a friend. <laughs> this is what I think of when I see us on the couch together. It's like, what if the guy wants to lay down? To That's be, just you. Listen, to be in my brain for five minutes, you guys would be amazed. I would love to see what would happen if Bill was laying down and Matt came in. He'd be like, I guess I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> No, I would just, uh, I would no, just I move just the wake, microphone just somewhere else. Just wake me up. All right, enough. Wake me up and move me. Enough. We're brought to you by Win Las Vegas. We're flying to Vegas, Bill and I, here in the airport. Uh, but we got a lot to get into. All right, here we go. Colts, Jaguars. Remember, you have to say Jaguars. Yes, because, long story short, first year on the job, I'm just getting roasted on Twitter. <laughs> Look at this guy in the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Okay, it's the Jaguars coming up on Sunday. Round number two, they beat the Colts 31-21 back in week number one. This is the second straight year, I hate this, second straight year that this series between these two teams is over by November. Yeah. And this is going to be the first matchup between these two teams where both teams have a winning record going into the game since 2010. Wow. All right, wow. so the Jaguars have been on some hard times. The Colts have been on some hard times. Time to kind of flip the script. We know about all the, the losses down there. Haven't won in, you know, at Jacksonville as the visiting team since 2014. So a lot of streaks to be put to bed. Uh, so a lot to get into here today. I want to talk about the quarterback situation first and foremost, fellas. We know about Anthony Richardson. We'll double back to that. But our guy Minshew, Minshew mania here with the Colts. He's going to be, you know, taking the, the, the snaps. He's the quarterback for this team for at least the next four games with Anthony Richardson going on IR. What is your 
confidence level, Bill Brooks and Gardner Minshew, this guy's 3-0 and already this season, uh, either coming out of the bullpen or starting games for the Colts. I'm confident in Gardner going out there playing for the Colts and actually yeah. just running the offense for, for the Colts. You know, he's done it before. He's come in relief before this season to uh, with Anthony, unfortunately, getting banged up and yeah. come in and done, has done a nice job, won the games that uh, we had there while he came in. And then also playing in Baltimore, starting in Baltimore when Anthony couldn't play, doing a nice job, uh, running the offense, getting guys into the plays, and, of course, checking out plays and things of that nature. So I'm very confident he's a guy that has done it before. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's very comfortable out there. The players are confident in him, confident in him uh, for him to go out there. So I'm confident in the organization and, I should say, the offense uh, going out there, running the plays, and, and uh, hopefully be successful. And this is juicy here. We know about Minshew Mania in Jacksonville playing the Jaguars yeah. down there for the first time as a starting quarterback against his former team. Yeah, it's uh, there, there's a lot there. This is there, there's a lot kind of behind the scenes about this game, and it's so funny because we talked to Gardner this week, and he's just kind of like, "Yeah, I mean, I had some good times, but it's just another game." So it's it's so funny, kind of the outside noise about you know pumping what this game is. But I I agree completely with Bill. I mean, the confidence level that Gardner has in his play mm-hmm. just kind of pours out to everywhere else. And I think all you heard during the off season is Gardner Minshew was essentially like another coach out there. So when instances like this come up and you know the comfortability he has inside the Shane Steichen offense, you just have no other reason than to be confident because you heard all of that leading up to it. And then now you've seen what he's been able to put forward on tape Mm -hmm. that the confidence is there. It's one of those things where, yeah, the offense is a little different. Just there's, there's things that Anthony can do that Gardner can't do. But one of the things about Gardner is he's just so smart with the football and comfortable and he's comfortable within the offense, comfortable with all the throws that he can make. And so the confidence is there for sure. You know, and, and what that's one of the things that I'm really excited about is because not excited, but you, you feel good when Gardner Minshew goes into the game. Like there's no scramble, right. there's no right. panic, there's no panic between <laughs> himself, the players around Minshew in the huddle, the coaching staff, because they've all done this before. Right. Steichen yes. with Minshew a couple of times filling in for Jalen Hurts the last couple of years with the Philadelphia Eagles. But really, if you go back to the offseason, Minshew was here during the offseason workout program. I don't want to say during OTAs, but, you know, that that playbook install, Mm -hmm. he was here for a month before the Colts even drafted Anthony Richardson. So they were installing a playbook and a set of plays, sort of generally speaking, for whatever quarterback the Colts were going to draft. And Gardner Minshew was the guy that was helping the rest of the skill players within this team translate the new offense and the new terminology so it's not like the Colts have to just like throw the playbook out the window and then this week draw up something new they've a they've already done it once already this season and b Gardner Minshew is really comfortable running this offense and executing at a very high level high completion percentage knowing where to go with the football and I think most importantly for both of you zero Yep, turnovers, no picks right. from Gardner Minshew, that's knowing huge. where to go with the ball. That's huge. Yeah, a guy that knows where to go with the ball, a guy that understands the offense. Mm-hmm. He knows when the play comes in from Shane what what Shane is looking for 
to do with that play, where he wants to go with it. Maybe he's setting up another play down the road. So he understands that. He understands Shane's thinking. He's been with Shane for a while. So he understands that. So that's good for the Colts' offense. And I think players feel comfortable with that, knowing that, that, hey, this guy's going to put us in the right positions. He's going to get the ball where he needs to get the ball to. Mm -hmm. And Shane's going to do the best that he can because he knows Gardner's strengths. He knows Gardner's weaknesses, and he's going to put Gardner in a position to hopefully be successful. How about this for a level of irony? We talk about the streak and all those losses in Jacksonville. The Colts are trying to break that with the guy that gave the Colts two, two losses, losses. Yep. <laughs> from Gardner Minshew. It, it's funny you say that because that's honestly what I was about to say about Gardner Minshew is we have seen it from the other side. 2020. Yes. We watched Gardner <laughs> Minshew come in, and it was surgical. It's surgical. I mean, yeah. There was, it, it, you know, that whole death by a thousand cuts, yes. like that is what Gardner Minshew is. He may not have bomb after bomb after bomb, but all of a sudden you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, he completed 85% of his passes for 240 and two touchdowns and yeah. we lost. That is what Gardner Minshew is. And yeah, maybe the stats, when you look at him, it's not leveled out to what I just said, but he has been everything that we saw and he has been that for the Colts. Yeah. But there's also a possibility that, yeah, he can throw this you know, five-yard pass here, 10-yard pass here. But if he gets to the right person and they break a tackle, right. well, yards like after we, the catch, and maybe that five-yard pass turns into a 35-yard uh, pass that you know runs down the field and gets 30 yards uh, after the catch. Well, it's like we said after the Baltimore game, no matter what your philosophy is, no matter what style of quarterback you are, in every game, you're going to have to make three to four throws exactly. to yep. win the game. And he did that against yeah. the Ravens. He's going to have to do that on Sunday. And the good thing is, Bill, we know he can do it. Exactly. You know he can do it. And that's why we talked about the confidence. You feel confident that he can do it. Mm -hmm. and that, you know what? When it comes down to it, he can make those plays. So you feel confident going out there that, hey, look, we have a chance to win a football game. And that's all you want as any player going out there playing game. Give us a chance. And the players are going out there, give the team a chance to win football games. All right, let's double back to Anthony Richardson. Again, we know he's on injured reserve. That came out this week. That means he's going to miss at least the next four games. We don't know if he's going to have to have surgery. We don't know if the injury is going to linger past the minimum requirement of missing time on injured reserve. The earliest he can come back is week 10 overseas in Germany against the New England Patriots. Um, this news also means he will have missed five of the first nine games of the season and parts of three others with all these other minor injuries that he has dealt with, the concussion, uh, now the shoulder. We had the knee back in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bill, with, the, with that news sort of in the backdrop, how worried are you or are you worried about these injuries stunting his growth because of the time that he's going to miss this season as a rookie. I'm concerned, but I, I, I'm not overly concerned because from what I've seen from when he first got here, how he's developed and how he's grown, mm -hmm. I think that he's done that tremendously. I mean, he's grown a lot in that period of time. So I think this time here, yes, it's going to hurt him a little bit, I believe, just not having those reps and experience because one of the things – I think that might hurt him is he won't have played another team early, at least. He wouldn't have played another team twice. Yeah. So this, if he got a chance to play Jacksonville, he'd be playing Jacksonville twice. More than likely, they're going to do a couple of things different, probably mm -hmm, than they did yeah. the first, that he hasn't seen. React to how they're react reacting to, to you. Exactly. So yeah. that's a growth 
opportunity for a young man to have, but he's not going to have that right away. So I think things like that's going to hurt him a little bit. But I think overall, I think it's not going to hurt him too much. But I would love to have seen him, of course, play this week. No, I agree. And the biggest thing for me is just we knew this year was about getting the as much experience as he can, as much reps that he can get. And that's the biggest thing for me, mm-hmm. because I think we'd all agree that what we saw to this point was probably ahead of schedule. Yeah. I thought right. that yeah. I thought he he played a lot better than what maybe we had anticipated. There, there are there has been no deer in the headlights. Right, Not. it hasn't looked too big for him, and we weren't sure what there was going to be because you had all the you know he's only played thirteen games, all of that. So there was that lead up that you thought it was going to take him a while to get there, and I think we saw him kind of get to that that step a little quicker than we wanted. But there's still a lot of growth to be made because right. you see it all the times the guy has. As you mentioned, their first time out, it's, oh, wow, I didn't know that this guy could do that. So you see the changes. So I, I, I like what you said about not being able to see Jacksonville twice. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you you wish he would be able to experience. So I think mainly for me, I'm not worried long term about the injuries at this point because I think all of them were just football injuries. I don't mm-hmm. think it was one of those things he was doing too much with any of these injuries that it caused it to be here or the way his style of play but I just think just from time on task, as Matt likes to use, that's what you're missing out of. <laughs> hey, that's your, that's your that, go-to that, is time that, on that, task. That, that time on task and your... premium players at premium positions. <laughs> right, right. Or I could just get that tattooed on my forehead, I think. <laughs> we know, Matt. We know, Matt. We get it. All right. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I guess I'm more concerned. I, I'm not as concerned with the time that he's going to miss because he has looked – good and he has looked ahead of schedule there have been no like oh my gosh he's a rookie type of moments but what I am concerned is that hopefully that these injuries when we when we look back on the season hopefully what we can say and discern is that you know these injuries just came on football plays and you know all of them independently of one another are coincidences and that they just don't take away from his natural abilities and your usage of those abilities and the reasons bill why you drafted him fourth overall in the first place i I think that's what i'm most concerned about hopefully these injuries hopefully these injuries don't end up defining him in the early part of his career oh i agree with you hopefully it doesn't i mean you don't you want this young man to have the opportunity to go out there and play Mm -hmm. you want this young man to go out there and have the opportunity to develop as a quarterback knowing the talent that he has from a physical standpoint and knowing that the game does not seem too big for him, you want the best for this young man because you can see that, wow, once he gets it and he has all the experience that he needs, you see nothing <laughs> but greatness out of this yeah. young oh, man. he's going to be mean, great. It's going to be great. So you want that to happen. Of course, we want it to happen yesterday, but it's not going to happen yesterday. Yeah. But you know what? You want it to progress and you don't want to, anything to stunt that growth so hopefully uh he'll heal hopefully it's four weeks and he'll be ready to go but we'll have to wait and see yep no no doubt about that by the way dio adangbo is coming up he's going to join us here on the podcast shortly he's coming off two 
really good games, a career game against the Rams, and then obviously did the dirty work that really doesn't show up in the box score against the Tennessee Titans. He's going to join us in just a handful of minutes. But before we get to Dio, I want to talk about a good problem to have right now. We talk about the, the quarterback situation in the backfield behind those quarterbacks, in this case, Gardner Minshew, Colts have a really good problem. Zach Moss and now Jonathan Taylor. Taylor getting his first you know, extended run in practice this week going through a, a full week of practice. You know, yesterday, Wednesday, was a full padded practice. That was the first time that he had experienced that this year. You know, you look at it, since week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Colts are averaging, what is it, like a buck 47 yeah. on the ground, which is the sixth best rushing attack since the start of week two. Obviously, in week one, the Colts didn't have Jonathan Taylor. They didn't have Zach Moss. Now they've got both, and... What do you do with Zach Moss? I mean, how do you – no, seriously, how do you, how do you take you, this guy right. off of the field? I know Jonathan Taylor's ramping up here. Right. And, and Jonathan Taylor's Jonathan Taylor. He's in a, you know, an elite bucket, if you will, with only a handful of other players in the NFL, Bill and Casey. But how do you, how do you take Zach Moss off the field given his production and just doing everything right since the end of last year. Right now, right now, of course, you have to leave him in there to play because you're ramping up JT. But I think it's going to be one of those things as the season goes on, whoever has the hot hand. Yeah. yeah. Play, play the hot hand. If it's Zach Moss has a hot hand, well, Zach Moss might get more carries. JT has a hot hand. JT gets more carries. And I think that is a good thing to, to have and to, to do because if you look at it, if you go through the rest of the season, it's a long season. We all know it's a long season. And if one guy's having a hot hand one week, next week maybe another guy's having a hot hand, mm-hmm. so they're getting the ball. So you actually the other guy's getting a rest, so to speak. You're not using them up throughout the season. So by the end of the season, these guys will have fresh legs and be ready to go. So whoever has a hot hand at the end of the season will be fresh and be able to provide enough punch uh, in the running game to make some big yards for the offense. And Shane Steichen said that at the beginning of the season when they didn't have Moss and they didn't have Taylor, you know, that mix of Deion Jackson and Evan Hall when it was going to be running back by committee, that's what Shane Steichen said. It was going to be whoever's got the hot hand, whoever starts fast, that's who we're rolling with. And again, I don't don't care if it's Jonathan Taylor or Emmitt Smith or Gail Sayers. (laughs) Zach Moss, no, Zach Moss deserves to be given the first crack at going hot that day. I love that you said it because that's what he does deserve. You are spot on with mm-hmm. that because he has answered every bell that you have thrown at him. I mean, Zach Moss has done everything right. And and last week, you, you have all of the buzz with yeah. Jonathan Taylor yeah. is back. Yeah. How is Zach Moss going to respond? And he goes out and responds by running for a, a buck 60 and a couple touchdowns. <laughs> so I'd say that's pretty a pretty impressive way to respond. I don't want to bring up the past, but... It's almost like we never got to see what that tandem of um, oh. of Marlon Mack oh, and Jonathan okay. Taylor. Taylor. I yep. thought you were going somewhere else. Okay. No, yeah. but like those two, we heard b- yeah. before the season it was going to be 1A, 1B. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, Zach Moss is Marlon Mack because they're different runners. But I think we've established what Zach Moss can be. And you know what Jonathan Taylor can be as well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that that might be what you're getting. You're getting a couple guys that... 
you're not necessarily you're going to be riding the hot hand. And Jonathan Taylor, at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor, as you mentioned, he's elite. So when Jonathan Taylor is back to 100% Jonathan Taylor, there is a little something there. But it may be one of those things to to not overlook the fact that maybe three or four series of a game that Zach Moss is the guy, and that is I something that, that I don't think you now. thought when this trade right. happened last year. I don't think anybody thought that was what you're going to see. But Zach Moss has put his name in that conversation that it's hard to take him off the field. Well, whatever they do, to be honest with you, it's a good problem to have. Oh, it's a great problem to have. You have two running backs like that in the backfield, and then you know, hopefully Anthony is healthy, and when he gets back and mm-hmm. possibly you know he can run the ball as well, that's a good problem to have in the backfield. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about not averaging 99 yards per game by Zach Moss since the end of last year. Wow. And seven games with the Colts. He's averaging almost 100 yards. He's over 100 in three of his last five games dating back to week 18 of last season. He's played at least 80% of the snaps in each of the last four games. He's got 98 carries in the last month, averaging 22 per game. I mean, it's working. Yeah. And, it's working, and he should be rewarded exactly. for that. He's what, I, think yeah. he, I think he has, what, 111 yards Per game, yeah, per scrimmage, yeah, per, per game, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, the guy's playing well, it, and also it, it all goes back to the offensive line has played so well yeah. that that is another thing that I'm excited for because this offensive line a couple years ago, I think last year we would all agree it was a down year. Mm-hmm. We saw that, but when Jonathan Taylor was at his best, this was the offensive line that was in place yeah. for the yep. most part. Yep. So that is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is this offensive line playing at the level they're playing at adding Taylor to that mix, it's, yeah. it's a good problem to have. All right, another storyline for this game on Sunday. We talked about the Colts running game. What about the passing defense? All right, the Jaguars boast maybe one of the most diverse passing attacks in the NFL with the with the weapons at receiver with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. They've got Evan Ingram. They've got ETN out of the backfield who can catch the ball. Um, the Colts so far this year, they have allowed four 100-yard receivers, including Calvin Ridley, in game number one. He also scored a touchdown against the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. We talked about the newness for the Colts in the backfield on offense with the running attack with Taylor and Moss. They're going to look different in the secondary this go-around compared to week one. Uh, Now you've got Juju Brintz, and now you've got Jalen Jones. You've got two rookies trying to slow down that very diverse passing attack for Jacksonville. Casey, what is your level of confidence and optimism that the big plays that have been a problem so far this year, in fact, the Colts have allowed 23 passes over 20 yards, which is dead last in the NFL. How can they make sure that Trevor Lawrence doesn't go deep on them on Sunday? Yeah, that's – it's. I wouldn't say it's a concern, but it's definitely something that kind of, you know, piques my interest to to pay attention to because that's the biggest thing is – when you have, it's not just the hundred yard receivers, it's when they're getting them and how big, I mean, big moments, like the moments, I just think back to the most recent loss against the Rams, yeah. the amount of big plays that they made were just, it was Nakua's catch to set up yes. that first completion in overtime. Right. It just changed everything. When the plays are happening. So yeah. it's almost one of those things where Calvin Ridley is an elite player. He's going to get like last week, the Andre Hopkins had a great game. 
but I think you were able to limit in other areas so that that one thing didn't just blow everything else mm-hmm. open. We talked about yeah. the Rams game. I mean, also their running game was so dynamic. Yeah, and they that ran game, for 164. made everything you know, yeah. over the top. So I think that yeah. is what you have to do. You talked about Travis Etienne. He is a great player. You've got to be able to, if it's, if it's limiting Etienne that way, when those big plays do happen, it doesn't cripple you. That's the biggest thing for me is you've got to make them – I don't know what the best way to do it is, but you got to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is, it's either their running game that is doing the bulk or they're passing him. You can't have them both. And I think that is the real question. It is up front is going to be huge in this game. The defensive line is going to set the tone because if you're limiting their rush game, I think it gives the guys on the back end a little bit less time that they're all of that play. So I think, Yes, the secondary, it's different. It's going to give you a little bit of a pause just because you aren't exactly sure how it's going to match up. But it just all goes back to that defensive front being so important this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just going with the defensive front that the defensive front's going to have to play big this week. They're going to have to not only just get pressure on Trevor Lawrence, hopefully disrupt the passing game, but also as well as you said, slow down that running game. But I think we all thought that going into this year, that this was going to be a work in progress. Oh, with yeah, the, 100%. The secondary with the young DBs, stuff like that. Uh, of course, wasn't counting on anyone getting injured with Dallas Flowers getting injured. Mm-hmm. But now Juju Brents and Jalen Jones being back there, those guys, just, you know, they're going to have to step up and make plays. Now, is it going to be a learning experience for those guys? Yes, it will be because they didn't play against Jacksonville right. the first week. So it's going to be a learning experience for those guys. But I think a, a, a big key to me is those guys up front putting pressure on Trevor Lawrence and also, also making Travis Ntn earn those yards and running the ball. Then also putting them behind the change, behind the sticks. Put them third and long. You know, make it where you know they're passing the ball. So there's some things that you can do to help those young guys in the back. Trevor Lawrence, really good throwing the ball down the field. High completion percentage, pushing the ball down the field. A pass rating of 137.9 on deep balls this season. Those wow. are balls awesome. that travel at least 20 yards down the field. That's the wow. highest wow. in the NFL. And against the Colts, I'm tired of it. All right? I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Lawrence completing for his career against the Colts. 71% of his passes. He's gone over 70% completion percentage in four of five career games against the Colts. And he was at a career-high 90% against the Colts in week six of last season. Now the Colts won that game, but Trevor Lawrence wasn't the reason that dude, they lost. He it. saves his best for the Colts and they got to do something about that. So Trevor Lawrence, you cannot have a big game if the Colts pass rush to your point does their job, make him hitch a little bit, make yep. him pause, make sure that delivery is, is slowed down just a little bit. That's where the pass rush comes into play. Dio Adangbo is part of that. And he joined myself and Bill Brooks earlier today on the official Colts podcast. As promised, joining us now in studio number 54 for your Indianapolis Colts. He's a menace at the defensive end position. We're talking about Dio Adengbo here in studio today. Dio, what's going on, man? How are you? Thanks for the time. No, thank you. It was great to be here. Absolutely. How are you feeling? How is the team feeling coming off that monster victory last Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, man? We're feeling great, you know, playing with a lot of confidence, playing hard, playing physical, and, you know, we're excited for the opportunity this week. We got a great opportunity against another divisional opponent and want to go down there and 
bring the physicality down there. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you're not even taking any time off. You're fresh <laughs> off the walkthrough. I know you got a little sweat brow working, yes, sir, yes, right? Sir. I know you got a little uh, perspiration. The cleats are still right on. There. You can appreciate that. <laughs> yes, he's ready this to go. Straight from work onto the podcast, man. That's dedication. Yes, sir. It's yes, good sir. stuff right there. Yeah, now, uh, Matt <laughs> talked about the defense came up big last week. And last week, there was a big play on fourth and one. The defense went, made a big stop. You were out there on that play. Tell us what you saw on that play. Yeah, I mean, we're in our kind of our heavy front, um, kind of our goal line front. Uh, I'm out here on the tight end in a nine technique, and, you know, my job's just to set the edge mm -hmm. and, and uh -huh. close that uh, D gap as, or C gap as much as I can. And so ball snaps, I strike the tight end, set the edge, peek my eyes outside to just, you know, show color, make sure he doesn't try to bounce outside and see him cut up, and I just hear a loud bang. <laughs> I look inside, Thud. he's on the ground, and Z's jumping around celebrating. So, um, yeah, it was a great feeling just to know that we're getting off the field and, you know, giving ourselves a chance to win. You know, watching film so far this year, I, I watch yourself and Samson Abicom and Quiddy Pay. You guys have to deal with so much. You have to read and react and process so much in, in, in such a short amount of time. I mean, looking at a play, you know, a, a toss sweep, if you will, to Derrick Henry. You're the defensive end. Uh, you know, the, the, the guard or the tackle over you goes to the next level. You're crashing down. You're setting the edge, like you said. And here comes, like, either uh, I think it was like a fullback or an H-back, an offset guy in the backfield just coming in and cutting you. I mean, that has to suck. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just it has to – I mean, you have to – I mean, you're right there to make a play, and then a guy just takes your knees out. But yeah. that's that's necessary for you to be able to do that and be in that right position right. for the linebackers to make plays. Right. That, that's, that's a lot of dirty work that a lot of people don't really appreciate or yeah. notice, right? Yeah, there's a lot of um – you know, uh, work that goes unpraised, you know, mm -hmm. playing D-line. Sometimes you're just taking on double teams. It might look like you're blocked, in a, but another guy's right. running free. And uh, you did your job on that play. Yeah, and you're doing your job yeah. at the end of the day. So, you know, getting cut always sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you play both, inside and outside as right. well. Mm -hmm. um, do you prefer one or the other? And if you do, why? No, I like playing both. Honestly, uh, that's been something I've pretty much been able to do throughout my career in, co in college as well, mm -hmm. uh, play inside and out. You know, you get different matchups. You get to d see different guys. And, you know, a lot of times you get to find the weak link of the line. So um, it's fun playing inside and out and being able to have that versatility. And, yeah being able to move around the line. And not just anybody can do that, Bill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's safe for the special people. And then, well, I, I was going to ask, how difficult is that? You know, you're at one moment you're inside, and all of a sudden, you know, you go and you're playing outside. So how difficult yeah. is that on defensive line to make that adjustment during a game? Yeah, definitely during the game, as well as just the preparation leading up to the yeah. game. You know, you can't really just focus on one lineman. you got to, you know, uh, have the scouting looks on all five linemen. Um yeah, there's definitely some uh, challenges as far as moving in and out and the speed of the game. Things happen a lot faster inside. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a lot more chaos inside and on the edge. There's a lot more space, and it's just understanding how to utilize uh, your strengths and your strengths in both uh, situations. That's Dio Dangbo with us. And I know every game in the NFL is is very, very physical, right? That's, that's an understatement. But I, I think that game last Sunday was ultra-physical. After a game like that, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, first night's not the best, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you go back to your routine of recovering, whatever that is, ice tubs, you know, yeah. getting in the training room, stretching. Yeah. So uh, you go back in your routine and, you know, you take care of your body as much as you can. You get ready for practice on Wednesday. How long does it take you normally throughout the course of the week to feel normal or, or good again for the next upcoming game? 
Yeah, depending on the game, it can be anywhere from three days to <laughs> till right before the game. How do you Sunday. feel now? I'm feeling good. I'm yeah, feeling good. You feeling uh, after last week? You know, uh, you know, like it's still early in the season. You know, sure. Uh, towards the end of the season, those days start stacking up. On you. <laughs> you just got to stay on top of it. Honestly, staying on top of the recovery and the stretching and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Now you're in your third year uh, here at the Indianapolis Colts, and you've grown definitely. What are the biggest areas where you've grown, uh, have grown at uh, being a player here uh, with the Colts? I think just my confidence on the field as far as um, knowing what I'm supposed to do, being in the right place and knowing my, understanding my ability. Uh, I think that's been able to, I've been able to increase my physicality and my playmaking through uh, just time on the grass and, and increase confidence out there. You know, you and I talked in the off season during the spring, and you made a, a great point. I mean, 2021, you come in in the, in the pre-draft process. You, you have that injury with the, with the Achilles, and it kind of lingers into last year. But I, I mean, towards the end of last season, you were just a beast. You know, I think four sacks in the last quarter of the season last year. You're continuing that uh, at the early part of, of this season. Do, do you feel like this is the best stretch of football you've been able to show since you've been with the Colts in the NFL here so far, just in terms of health and feeling like you're at your best being able to show all that you can do. Absolutely. Yeah, I do feel that way. Um, the goal is always to get better. So, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully every, you know, kind of quarter of a season is better than the previous. So that's kind of my goal is just to continually, uh, you know, increase and yeah. just build that 1% every day and just see the results at the end of the season. I'll say, I mean, you go back a couple weeks ago, Bill, week four, career high seven tackles, tackles as yes. a defensive end a tackle for loss a sack and a half against the rams a pass defensed a force fumble i mean the only thing you didn't do that game is like cook everybody dinner i think afterwards what what did that game that was your best game uh and, and you've backed it up with some great plays against tennessee last week as well some stuff that doesn't just show up in the box score like we talked about but what is a stretch like the last couple of weeks what does that do for your confidence yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, the confidence just keeps growing. Yeah. And with increased production, increased play, it just grows even more. So, um, honestly, it just reinforces what I know about myself and reinforces uh, my own understanding of what mm -hmm. I can bring to the game and my abilities on the field. I want to talk about this week's opponent, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've played them already once this year. What do you see in their offense, especially coming up uh, this week against them? down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, they have an explosive offense. They have a lot of playmakers up front, uh, or they have a lot of playmakers on the team on sure. offense, uh, you know, from the running backs to the receivers, and then they obviously have a great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So, um, you know, we have our work cut out for us, and, and that's something we're prepared for and we're excited for, for the opportunity. So just to go out there and play our game, play physical, play fast, and, and, and ball out. How tired are you of hearing about this streak? Of not being able to win in Jacksonville. Man, I I don't even think about it, honestly. You know, every every any given Sunday at the end of the day. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, some people call it a curse, you know, a streak or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we're looking to end that this week, you know, with this game. Uh, we're just really just focusing on this, honing in on this right. one game. I'm with you right there. That's yeah. a great answer. It's yeah. it's going to be there until it's not. But I love the fact that you just don't dwell on it and doesn't doesn't consume you guys. And last year's game, the game in 2015, the game in 2017, 17. has nothing to do with this game here in 2023. I want to go back to your uh, defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley. Actually, this week, I don't know if you caught it. Uh, he said that 
They're asking more of you this season. You are delivering. There's no doubt about that. But he said that you have an edge about you, that you have developed an edge uh, that maybe wasn't there earlier in your career. What do you think he means by that? Yeah, I mean, once again, I feel like it just comes back to that confidence piece. I felt like early in my career, I was just kind of figuring things out, trying to figure out where I belong and, you know, what I can do on the field and if I can do it. Um, You know, coming to the NFL and then also being injured, coming off an injury, just Mm kind of trying to figure out my body again. And now I feel a lot more confident and that's allowed me to play more physical, play faster and and just – at times dominate the game. So that's something I'm just looking to find more consistency in in my play. Now you talk about you're gaining more confidence in your play. Has there been anyone to help you along in your growth as far as a player on that defensive line, especially here from the Colts? Yeah, I mean, we have great veteran players on our D-line with, you know, Buck and Grove and Samson. Um, And then guys, you know, uh, like Quiddy that I came in with, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing him grow and, them understanding the position I came from and, you know, helping me grow as well. And then Coach Ollie uh, and Coach Rach helping me out as well, uh, whether it's in film or on the field, and just keeping me motivated and keeping me directed in the mm-hmm. right path, on the right path. That's Dio Dangbo with us. And we talked about all the things you have to, to know and dissect and read and compute in a short amount of time. Travis Etienne, you talked about the playmakers <laughs> that the Jaguars have. This dude's fast. He also loves to cut it back. How aware do you have to be of, of staying true to your – you know, discipline, uh, if the play is going away from you, keep those shoulders square to the line of scrimmage because this dude's going to cut it back and you got to be there to make a play, right? Right. You know, uh, Coach Ali always says backside, uh, the backside wins championships. So. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> Just like knowing that. you got a strain on the backside because he's a guy who likes to cut it outside, cut it back and, uh, right. you know, kind of make – make plays happen with his feet mm-hmm. uh, you got to stay disciplined to your gap and you got to continue to strain you can't um you can't kind of start watching the game yeah, you can't assume anything yeah for so, sure right. for sure so at the end of the day you you want to keep him bottled up and not let a guy like that go in. no doubt now last week was a big game at home division opponent we all know that you beat the titans good game now you get ready to go on the road another division opponent mm-hmm. what's the vibe in the locker room right now knowing how big this game is going down to jacksonville I think there's just a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement to get to Sunday and be able to go out there and dominate. Um, you know, at the end of the day, division games count as two. You know, those are the games that get you to championships and get you to the playoffs. So uh, we understand the challenge we have in front of us, and I think we're extremely ready for the task. It's going to be hot, too. Yeah. It's going to be smoking. Now, you're used to that in the yeah. SEC here, but, I mean, do you have to do anything different leading up to the game, hydrate or take care of your body maybe on a different level this week compared to maybe just playing, you know, in the in the perfect AC, if you will, of, of uh, Lucas Oil Stadium? Yeah, Jacksonville's got a, a humid a humid, uh, humid stadium down there. So, yeah. Uh, they do have a pool, though. They do have a maybe pool. You can, you know, maybe between this first and second quarter, do a cannonball. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so just, I mean, staying on top of your hydration, uh, yeah. kind of focusing on that a little extra this week, understanding the climate change and what you're going into. What do you prefer, hot, cold, in between uh, 67, yeah. You like it hot. I like hot. You I mean, like it hot. We're playing football in Texas, so we're playing 100-degree yeah. oh. weather oh, and stuff goodness. like that. So I'm used to the heat. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Humidity, humidity, not yes. so much. But oh, you don't yeah. like humidity? <laughs> yeah. But you play, had it down in Texas. I mean, it was, yeah. it was pretty humid. Dallas is, you know, so or so. It's Nashville, not Houston. Being yeah. in t- Tennessee, Nashville. playing in the SEC, that's where a lot of the humidity, yes. a lot of the humidity games. Yeah. All right, I'm going rapid fire to close out. You I'll good with that? Go. I'm going rapid fire, just a couple of favorites. All right, favorite spot to eat in Indianapolis. Like your go-to if you have a cheat meal day, if you will. Strange Bird. 
Say? Strange Bird. Where's that at? It's uh, it's like on the east side. Okay. It's like okay. a ramen restaurant. Oh, yeah. okay. solid. Yeah. Right. There you go. Spot. You usually back. don't get that one up. But. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Funniest teammate for you in the locker room? Uh, definitely Grove. Grove. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard he's an instigator, too. Like, definitely he likes to poke instigator. the bear. He likes to poke the bear. He'll, and, sure. and he's the guy that'll just go there, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't even care. He doesn't care. He'll get under your skin. <laughs> you know, he'll let you be mad at him. It's hard to stay mad at him. Exactly. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, you know, he's one of the funniest guys. Indeed. All right, and last one, the best sack dance in the NFL, besides your own. Who's the, like, you know, that I, I admire that guy's production on the field and also the celebration after the sack. Yeah. Right now, I think Aiden Hutchinson has a funny sack dance. What know? does he do? I don't even know. He do has you know? a little Michael no Jackson idea. thing he does. So oh, it's just really? funny watching it. I don't know <laughs> if it's the best sack dance, but it's the funniest one. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, well hopefully. I, I, I'll have one question for you. All right. Who's the biggest prankster in the locker room? <laughs> Grove. Grove is a prankster yeah. and an instigator. Same guy. And Grove's all of it. Class count. Class, class clown. All of it. He does it all, all right. huh? Yeah. Okay. Open mic night coming up for Grover Stewart. We'll all be there throwing tomatoes at him right there. <laughs> well, hopefully we see some of those uh, sack dances from Dio Dangbo coming up this weekend. Get in the face of Trevor Lawrence, break the streak, and another division win, man. Thanks for the time. Good luck. Thank you. Let's see that sack dance coming up on Sunday. Dio Dangbo, maybe Quiddy pays back. Maybe he can clear concussion protocol. We'll find out more about that later this weekend. Samson Ebicom, everybody across the board has got to do their job against the Jaguars on Sunday for the Colts to break this eight game losing skid on the road to the Jaguars as the visiting team. And within that streak, the Colts have been outscored. 232 to 104. The Colts have lost a turnover battle in that time, 16 to 4. I mean, football's not a hard game to figure out sometimes. Right. If you don't, if you take care of the ball, yeah. you're going to have a good chance to win. And the Colts have not been doing that against the Jaguars on the road. In fact, the Colts have turned it over at least twice in Jacksonville in seven of the last eight meetings on the road against the Jaguars. So here we go. Time now for our final calls. We're back here again with Bill and Casey. I'm Matt Taylor. Casey, your final call on what the Colts must do to win this game and get rid of this magic that the Jags have over the Colts. So so mine is time of possession. I think that has been an area we've talked about all season long. I think if the Colts offensively can just get ahead of the chains Mm -hmm. and eat the clock. Let Minshew just be, as we talked about, you talked about surgical and methodical and all of that. If you can let Minshew establish the tempo, play the offense like he and Shane Steichen want to play it, I love the Colts' odds if you can maintain, if you win the time of possession this week. Turnovers are key, too. I mean, that is that is the biggest thing. You talked about the turnovers, but for me... Colts are 3-0 this year with no turnovers, by the way. Yes. yes. So I am. those are my two big stats. It's time of possession and turnovers. And I think if you look at the box score after the game, if the Colts win time of possession and a turnover battle, I think the Colts come out on See, top. See, I don't like how smart you are. <laughs> because that was mine. That was yours? I don't oh, like it. I am sorry. I don't like it. Yeah, the Jaguars have the fourth highest time of possession in the NFL this season. And normally, T.O.P. is kind of, it's a misleading stat, but I think you're exactly right in a game like this. They had the ball for 38 minutes last week in their win in London against the Bills. And they've been over 32 minutes of time of possession in four or five games. And, you know, you go back to week one, they had 14 possessions against the Colts in week one. That's a lot of of possessions. I mean, both teams had the ball a lot, but, I mean, I think Casey's right. Win the turnover battle, time of possession, and and Gardner Minshew can just uh, hopefully – 
a lot of stabs, <laughs> a lot of a lot of jabs yeah. throughout the course of that game, right? Yeah. A lot of back-breaking third-down yes. conversions for the yes. Colts. For me, it's going to be, as you said, Casey, turnovers. Just not turn the ball over. And create create some turnovers. Yeah. Get some turnovers mm-hmm. yourself. Takeaways. And then after that, for me, it's red zone. I want to see the Colts convert in the red zone. There are going to be times where they're going to need to convert and score some touchdowns in the red zone because, you know what, Jacksonville, they do have weapons out there. Give those yeah. guys credit. They have a lot of weapons out there, so – we're going to need to convert some of those red zone trips, hopefully, into touchdowns. And then uh, hopefully we can convert some of those takeaways into touchdowns as well. So those yeah. are the two for me, red zone and uh, turnovers. There you go, Billy. I know you don't, and you're not going to like this here, but it's uh, – no, Here we go. Here we go. go kind ahead. of a must-dub. Kind of an MW. Maybe. I know it's week six, but, again, the fact that you're not playing the Jaguars for the rest of the season after, after Sunday, 3-1. and one. If you get this win, you're 3-1 and one the division. Uh, you would split the season series yep. with the Jaguars. You would have the early season tiebreaker right. on, on Jacksonville, given the fact that they would have two division losses. Colts would only have one. But then if the Jaguars get this win – They're in first place in the division. I know there's a long way to go, but they will have swept the Colts. They would hold the tiebreaker. So the same thing kind of works in reverse. Man, this is – it just feels like a a bigger game than most. That's what I thought last week. I thought the next (laughs) – no, no, no. no, 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 Bill's like, yeah, we know. I thought last week these next two games are going to not necessarily define – the year, but they're going to be highlighted very, very highly. And that's, I mean, they, they Colts got, they did what they had to do last week. Yeah. They got the win at home. They ended all the streaks. And I think that's the way it's got to continue this week in the streak that we've, uh, yeah. I, I'm so tired of saying that it's been two thousand since, since 2014, the Colts have lost in Jacksonville. Like I'm ready for that to be over. And, and you, you mentioned it at the top there. I mean, it is when it look at the division, yeah. This game is huge because it, it does all of that you said. It gives you the tie break. And ultimately, it means that you cannot finish less than 500 in the division yeah. with already having three victories this early. It is huge. It is huge. Yeah. Monster, monster game. It's important. It's important. It's, <laughs> it's, it's he important won't say game. it. He just won't not, say I'm it. Just go wait for your plane over there. <laughs> it's all right? not going to be. Boarding a, now. Boarding now. It's not Flight gonna, 131 to Houston. In my opinion, it's just not a must win, but oh, it's a very important here. game. Just because it's a division game. Yeah. It's a division game, and as you – you said all the stats in, in regards to what our record would be in the division, what our overall record would be, what mm-hmm. Jacksonville's record would be in head-to-head and all those things. It is very important for the Colts to go out and play well. And for me, not just that, but the backup last week's win. I totally agree. Backup last week's win You have to have home, the same edge about yep. you exactly. to win Back this game. Backup that win with a win on the road against a division opponent, to me, I think is big. So I call this not a must-win. But a very, very important game. That much I can accept. Yeah, okay, I'll yeah, take. All right, all right. I'll take what we can get right there from the from the conservative Bill Brooks. Yes. I'm going all in, all chips in. Let's go! I'm ready to play right freaking now. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the official Colts podcast. Always brought to you by WinBet and WinBet Las Vegas, Casey. Well done over there, Bill Brooks. Thank you so much. Kimberly behind the scenes on the ones and the twos. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in here on YouTube and the Colts official podcast channel and the Colts audio network. We're going to do it again next Thursday. The crew's back. We're going to break down the Colts and the Browns back home at Lucas Oil Stadium. But a big one, we said it last week, plug in those heart monitors, get the blood pressure machines (laughs) plugged in, charged up. You're going to need them. Three straight weeks, the Colts have taken it down to the wire. We're going to talk to you next Thursday, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy your weekend and go Colts.